is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Hello, Faith Revisited. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. Um, Ben and I are here and we're very excited to talk about one of our favorite topics, even though we just said that about goal setting. This is also another like passion of ours. And it's, I just, I love talking about it. It doesn't get talked about enough. And Ben, what's the topic this week? Money, money, money. Money, money, money. Money makes the world go round, world go round. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because this really does kind of go into the goal setting because I know for both of us, um, we we set short-term and long-term goals about money, you know, uh-huh. so that it is part of the goal, uh, our goal orientation, um, but, but specifically, I don't think enough people – I don't think enough people take seriously the, the management of money, and so, and a lot of that, I'm afraid, has to do with shame or maybe some mistakes that people have made with money, and, mm-hmm. and it's one of those, like, if we just sweep it under the rug and pretend it's not there, it goes away. The only problem is financial health, like any other type of health, problems don't just go away on their own. They they have to be addressed, and, and health uh, it, it takes intentional action. So, yeah, um, yeah I thought we, we could spend a few minutes just from our personal perspectives um, – talking about, you know, personal financial health. And there may even be, we talked about this off, off air, but maybe a separate episode on sort of church financial health yeah. and, and how to, how to be, uh, get real about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think financial health is so important and we'll kind of both talk about our situations, but also isn't that one of the common reasons of, you know, in marriage or relationships, you know, disagreements or, you know, whether it leads Mm -hmm. further down more problems, like finances is a huge thing to talk about with your partner as well. Yeah. When I do premarital counseling, I always remind, and studies have shown this, the three, um, three most common things that cause, um, uh, arguments in a marriage are, um, uh, children, um, uh, sex and money. Mm-hmm. Those are three most common, and, and those those three things as couples you have to be in sync on those things, or else they will lead to disagreements. And money is um, one of the leading causes of divorce. Yeah, crazy. Why don't you start out a little bit? Why don't you tell us kind of your brief money perspective, or I don't know. I'll kind of take your lead after of how much because Ben and I are in two completely different life situations, um, career, how we work. So maybe we could just kind of go back and forth of the differences and similarities between us. Yeah, I was not good with money before I got married. Um, I got into credit card debt and I wanted to enjoy things in life more than I could afford. Mm -hmm. And so early in in our marriage, um, and it's really kind of funny, 
my wife moved, moves in with me. I owned a home. She moves in and, you know, she's kind of making it our home. And she notices a book on my bookshelf that my aunt had given me. And I have a, a wonderful aunt who just gives random, you know, giving us random stuff and, you know, for Christmas a lot. And, and she gave me a book that I just stuck on the shelf and never read. And it was The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Well, Katie starts reading it and she's like, whoa, we need to get into this. And, and part of that is because we both got married with debt and, and, and incurred more because we paid for a big chunk of our, our wedding. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the circumstances we were in. And um, so early in marriage, we worked really hard um, to to pay off all of our debt. And so I went to graduate school, thankfully, and I was able to just be a full-time student because we were debt-free. Um, and then marriage, you know, grows, children, you get a little lazy, you get a, you know, get some things creeping in that, that are not going to happen. So we got back into debt. And so over the last year, year and a half, while she was finishing grad school, we have um, worked very hard um, to, to finish paying off student loans and get out of debt for good. Um, I was, we were close on a car and then it was just going to be student loans. And then I got in a wreck this summer and we had to start over with a car. Um, but, but we're paying off in chunks with that. And so we're here very, very, very soon. We will be entirely debt free and we're very excited about that. And so we, um, uh, you know, for those who are married, you know, I encourage you to sit down together every month at the beginning of the month and make a monthly budget together, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that you can really know where your money is and make it do something for you. Um, you know, one of Dave Ramsey's, you know, mantras he always says is that, that when you make a budget, you feel like you've just gotten a raise. And it's because when you don't make a budget, you feel broke all the time because you're spending all your money and you don't know where it's going. Mm-hmm. When you know where it's going, it feels like you have more. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're big on monthly budgets. and we, we, We're going to do that this Sunday. In fact, we've already set the day. We're going to sit down and look at February. So, um, I mean, that in a nutshell is sort of where we are, but yeah. big on getting out of debt, big on being generous um, with with our finances and, um, yeah, trying to build a life and a legacy. Yeah, and so that's some of the similarities and differences between you and Katie and Thomas and I. Um, Thomas and I, when we got married, there was very, Thomas had a little bit of student loan debt when we got married. I mean, a little bit, it, he paid it off very early on in our marriage. I can't remember exactly when it was, but the student loan debt went away. Um, we, we come from Southern California where it's very expensive to live. I went to a state school and um, due to generosity of my grandfather, I didn't have to pay for college so that I didn't have loans coming out of college. And also Thomas and I didn't do any continuing education. So neither of us have any other degrees. And it's funny with all the people in our like Trinity team that does the live stream, everyone has like all these other certificates and degrees and masters and doctorates. And um, I don't, Thomas and I have not done any continuing education at all. Well, and that was the source of, of this last round of student yeah. loans. I paid off my student loans a few years ago, um, and, and Katie went on the Hope Scholarship. Um, but, yeah, she, she finished graduate school. Um, mm-hmm. I got to go to graduate school, uh, thankfully, for free. And then this last round that I'm in, we're cash flowing it. Yeah, which is great. So there there wasn't a ton of debt other than vehicle debt that um, Thomas and I came into. And I've always, I guess I still have my 2007 Toyota Matrix, my very first car that was paid with cash when I bought it, when I got my car at 16, 17 years old. So, or no, 18. I was in college when I got a car, but I paid it cash. So I never had a, ca- a car payment starting out. Uh 
Yeah, Thomas and I are contractors, so we have our own business. Um, we are business owners. Thomas also does have a full-time job, which is something, Katie and Ben, you guys both have full-time jobs, and that's your primary salary, whereas Thomas does have a full-time job, um, which we are very thankful for because health insurance comes from that job, but otherwise, we are business owners, and we make our own money. Um, we're on contract basis with companies, so depending on the year, the month, our income can vastly change. Um, we were very lucky this last year with COVID when a lot of small business owners and friends were struggling in different industries. We happened to be in an industry and in a niche that is was doing great. So luckily we didn't have a lot of problems last year, but we also control how much money we want to bring in versus not. It's not a set amount. We can work as hard as we want to work. And last year we worked all year probably six, seven days a week. And that paid off financially pretty well for us. So um, we also, we bought a house. So we have house debt. We, um, Thomas likes cars. So we have a couple <laughs> cars. Uh, most of them we pay with cash. Um, we have a Camaro that is an older Camaro that he wanted that was paid in cash. We still have my original Toyota Matrix car. Um, in 2019, in December of 2019, we bought a truck that was a work write-off. So that was really beneficial because we are business owners. We get a lot of those write-offs and we actually just paid off that truck um, that was holding an APR. And so we pay, I paid that off yesterday, which is incredible. And we bought another car in 2020, also a business write-off. Uh, that one does not hold an APR. So a little bit money differences between Ben and I is he's very much the Dave Ramsey follower and debt-free. I think it's fine to have a little bit of debt. Um, I don't plan on paying off my house early and we have a car that doesn't have any APR. So we're not really planning on paying that. Off. It's just not a priority for us to pay that off early. So that's kind of um, where our financials sit. So we don't have a lot of debt at all. We have one car payment now and our mortgage, which we refinanced and it's very low, which is awesome. So, so a couple of things to highlight there um, for, for folks listening. <clears throat> You never mentioned that you guys have credit card debt. Oh, we pay off our credit cards every month. We, See? we, yeah, we believe in credit cards because we rack up those miles and points and we use those to our benefit when traveling or we have a Delta credit card. So we visit family, fly there right. for free on it, but we pay off our credit card every month. We never, we know our number of our monthly income and we never spend over that. So we're also right. not as strict on a budget. We look at our numbers all the time, probably about once a week, we sit down and see where we're at and what our cash flow coming in is and where our expenses are. We also don't have kids. This is another big difference between you and yeah. I. Your spending is different. Our spending is much different. Much different. Yeah, and, and we're really not as different as we may have even sounded because, you know, part of the Dave Ramsey school that I come out of is a school of hard knocks because I made a lot of mistakes that you mm -hmm. didn't make. Yeah. And 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 I made some dumb decisions early on. And and so for the average person, the reason you don't carry a little bit of credit card debt is because it's tempting to start carrying more credit card debt once mm -hmm. you start a little bit. Yeah. You, on the other hand, have you just articulated that you guys can do it because you're so disciplined. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you guys rack up your points because you got to travel to California to go see family. So mm -hmm. you, but you're smart with it. The vast majority of people can't be that disciplined. Yeah. And so for me, after making 
mistakes like I did early in my adulthood, I just assume not not worry with the temptation mm-hmm. uh, of that ever again. Now, that said, um, I have a credit card that I use to book things and then immediately pay it off because, you know, you guys do it for Sky Miles. I do it for Disney points. Yeah. Disney World. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yes, I'm with you on that. Like, like using it strategically, we have a Bonvoy card for Marriott. Mm-hmm. So we say, hey, we want vacations. That's our big thing. Um, you know, we Yeah, do see, that we in- put everything on our Amex. Our Amex yeah. is our Delta Sky Miles Every single purchase down to if we're going to a drive through and getting a soda, everything gets put on the Amex because it turns around to miles and we get to sure. use that for our benefit. Um, but again, we pay it off every month. We never have more money on the credit card than like what's Well, and account. so the, the, the lesson here, and I think this is lesson one in, um, in managing your own finances, is don't carry unnecessary debt. I mean, you guys, it's not, I wouldn't even count it as debt because you pay it off every month. Yeah. I, frankly, a 0% APR car, it's like a cell phone. Cell phone is technically debt because yeah. you're paying it off, but when it's 0% APR, it's. Yeah, it's and technically we have the cash to pay it off if we chose to use it that way. So sure. I'm right. a very, I, I know I'm a very like different case, um, but yes, the debt is one point and I, yeah. I think I have that. Yeah, you don't want to carry up. unnecessary consumer debt. You yeah. know, getting um, uh, cars with high APRs is not wise mm-hmm. if you're not going to pay it off because you're going to end up paying more for the car that by the time you pay it off has depreciated so much yeah. in value that you're overpaying for it. Now, 0% AP, APR car is different. So I think lesson one in personal finances is you really need to get a handle on consumer debt. Mm-hmm. And see, your home's a different kind of debt. Correct. altogether too. Dave Ramsey would call it different because your home is actually in most normal circumstances increasing in value. So your mm-hmm. home's an investment. Yeah. Um, so that's a different kind of debt altogether. So yeah, get a handle on debt. If you've got a lot of consumer debt, get a plan to pay it off. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I highly recommend doing Dave Ramsey's got this snowball that you do. You list your debt smallest to largest. And then what you do is you sit down with your monthly budget and you do all your expenses, all the things that you need. You might need to underspend or cut back some spending in some areas that you're living living a little too high on the hog (laughs) and you pay the minimum payment on every debt except the smallest and you put all the extra money in your monthly budget on that debt until it's paid off and the reason you do it that way you don't do it by zero by which percentage interest Mm -hmm. is on it you do it that way because it it, math's not the issue when you're in a lot of debt behavior is the issue Mm -hmm. you know if if math were all the issue you wouldn't get in debt in the first place because you knew the math wouldn't work out so the reason you do the smallest is it's the easiest to pay off right then and then you can celebrate when you do it and take that energy and put it on the next one and then the next one the next one so yeah debt is number one i think just getting a handle on that and and there's a lot of shame that comes with that Mm -hmm. you know it's hard to talk about and and everything but if you're married talk about your debt um you don't want to live your entire life up to your eyeballs in debt because it's like living with a stranglehold you know Mm -hmm. what happens if if a health condition comes up if an accident happens if a job loss happens and you're carrying all that debt yeah man that's how people go bankrupt yeah you want you definitely want to avoid um avoid debt at all costs what are some other lessons that i think we could we could I think one of the lessons and something that I feel very passionate about is how to make more money. Um, I think this is another aspect, you know, if you have control of your debt or you're, you know, working smart and it's not an issue, how do you make more money? Uh, This is something that can be done a couple different ways, but I'm a big proponent of the side hustle, always having 
a side hustle, take something you're passionate about, turn that into something that makes money or, you know, just, I, I was doing photo booths for a friend. So I used to, I think, well, before COVID, but I was doing a couple photo booths a month with my friend who had a business that did wedding DJs and photo booths. And I'm always out there looking for ways to make money and, um, being a contractor is one thing because you do get to charge, you know, in my business, I get to charge a higher rate than someone who is salaried at a business. And that's just the way it works. But I always have side hustles going. I have a few other money-making things that I'm doing all the time. And I think that's a great way for people to continue to get ahead. Yeah, I mean, you, it could even be as, as simple as, you know, you need to get rid of some old stuff, you know, having fun putting it on Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, we, we do um, – there's a, a, a secondhand uh, children's store in town, and so we'll take, yep. you know, lightly used things, take them there and see, and they'll, they'll give you an amount mm-hmm. of money back. But it's, it's just a way of being resourceful. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other things you can do, um, like self-published books. If you want to have an ebook that you put on Amazon and sell, you can sell uh, handmade goods if you're into quilting or sewing or that kind of stuff. Etsy is a great, even print-on-demand services. If you have a good idea or a funny shirt or something themed with, you know, um, one of your favorite TV shows and a quote from it, you can stick that on a mug and sell it. So there are um, a ton of ways. My husband drove for Uber quite a bit um, a couple of years ago now, but you know, there are a bunch of ways, you know, you could do grocery shopping for people. You can, um, there's so many other ways to make money. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I, I think that's good. And, and it's a way of, of being, channeling good energy and productive. Mm-hmm. Um, Otherwise we'd direction. just be sitting in front of the couch all night and that, you know, that's right. Yeah. So that's right. So another um, money lesson that I think is uh, very important is just deciding what living within your means is and doing it, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, and this gets, it's, it's sort of related to the debt thing. And it's also related to the, to the, uh, to your point about making more money. You know, if you want to live on off more than you have, then, Start earning more money. Exactly. You know, but, but be very careful about being lured into living and spending in ways that are that are it's more than you can afford. Yeah. Um, and so really finding some some peace and gratitude with what you have, knowing that that you know for many of us, most of us, it, we have you know enough right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously there are many people who don't, but yeah. But for a lot of folks you know, who, who get in trouble with living beyond their means, it's not for lack of resources. It's for they're not too much satisfied. desire. Yep. Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. satisfied with what they have. I think I just wrote that down. I think the third lesson is figure out what's important to you. Yeah. Um, that's a huge thing and takes a lot of soul searching as well. You know, we, do you want your home to be the most comfortable sanctuary? Or are you okay with living in an apartment for a little bit? And, um, or, you know, are, nice cars your thing well then you have to cut out in other places but naming what's important um giving back if that is a that you know that's a priority for you you put that first on the budget how much you want to give back and then the rest falls into place afterwards so i think naming what's important is a huge financial lesson yeah, yeah that's a big lesson and you just named what i think is a good fourth lesson in it and that is cultivating a life of generosity mm-hmm um, I mean, I could preach a whole sermon series on this because generosity mm-hmm. is essential to what it means to be a Christian. It's mm-hmm. essential uh, to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And and so 
cultivating practices of generosity are, are, are very important. You know, I, I, we give, we, uh, my family gives every month. Now, some people give once a year, some people give every week. I mean, your rhythm doesn't matter as much as just making it an, a regular act, something mm-hmm. that you do. But we, we, uh, we give first to the church um, and we set a percentage in our home. Uh, of what of what we want to do, and we do it on a monthly basis because unlike you, because you're a contract worker, your monthly income can ebb and flow all over the yeah. place, whereas ours is much more fixed. So we mm-hmm. kind of do it on a monthly basis. And, yeah, and, I give and in bigger it. chunks. That's my that's my set way, my preferred way of doing sure. it. Is I like mm-hmm. when I have some stockpile, I give a larger chunk versus yeah. more. Yeah, and, and 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 I well, and I hope you don't mind I share, but we've got four or five people like you in the mm-hmm. church that that you know they're at the end of the year you sort of here comes a chunk like yeah. a chunk's coming <laughs> and and it's great it's fantastic it, it helps us get into the get into the new year um and and you know off on a strong foot mm-hmm. um and so both kinds of givers are important but yeah. what's most important is the act of giving mm-hmm. and so i think um if to manage your personal finances well fitting into that uh and i would say even with debt so you, you may have to start smaller than you want but a regular practice of giving to God. Mm-hmm. Um, God has given us so much, you know, we owe we owe it to, to give a portion of it back to God. Um, so generosity is very important. And we've now branched off into, um, I call it a, another lane of giving. Our first lane is always the church. Um, but we have this past year branched off into a second lane um, of giving that we want to set goals toward uh, really for the rest of our lives. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I can go into that now. Um, we, the Methodist Children's Home in Macon is a home for kids without a home. And um, a lot of kids grow up there. They put a lot of uh, young people who have come from really bad situations into college. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. I read a, a post, I, uh, I need to send you personally, um, read a post the other day that the home posted about a young man. He's in the, um, I think he's in the Marines now. But just what wonderful work he's doing. I think he's stationed overseas at the moment, but he's, he's, came from the home. I mean, wow. he, he grew up as a kid without a family and, and it's just done wonderful. And so I'm on the board of trustees uh, for the, the children's home and it's something I'm passionate about. Um, and so what we did uh, this past year, I did it. I actually started through, a, you know, Facebook will let you do fundraisers mm-hmm. for your birthday. Well, my birthday's in November. And so we did that. And we, so we want to do some giving beyond just the church in, in December at the end of the year. So we said, uh, obviously the home is some we've always targeted as we want to give to that. Well, then we just sat down one night and decided that for us growing up, um, playing recreational sports for Katie and I both were very important in our lives. We both came from homes where divorce happened when we were kids. And for us, sports were kind of a way to get out of the house mm-hmm. and find a network of people and coaches who were good influences on us. And it just, we love sports and, you know, have, have our kids in sports and it's, it's just something that's important. So we said, you know, that's interesting. I wonder, you know, if they can play sports at the home. And so, I mean, obviously in COVID you can't, but yeah, they let kids sign up for sports and they've had it as part of their operating budget to cover those costs for registration fees, for uniforms, whatever needs that they may have equipment and whatnot. And so being on the board of trustees, I just got in a conversation with the CEO and the development director and said, could we start this fund that the goal would be to just any and every kid who ever wants to play sports can just do it. 
And so they loved it. And then it kind of spiraled from a Facebook fundraiser where I set a goal of $500. We ended up raising over Mm $2,000. And then I had a couple of church members who said, I don't want to give through Facebook because I don't trust (laughs) it. But they sent money privately with in my honor. Perfect. And then I had another church member who said right before Christmas, she said, you know, she gave once early and she said, we want to give again. Can we keep giving to your fund? I was like, sure, keep doing it. And then we made a personal gift of our own in December. And so that fund for us is going to be our family legacy project. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll give our first, you know, gifts always to the church, but that fund, I hope my goal is to, is hopefully to, to let it grow um, so that, any kid forever and ever through the home, you know, who's come from a rough situation and wants to go play sports can do that. They need that extra influence in their life with coaches. They need the social networking. And, and for a lot of them, you know, they, they might not otherwise have the um, resources to do, and they could be great athletes. Yeah. And, and the world doesn't know it yet. I mean, you have the next LeBron James coming in there and because they came from a tough situation, we'll never know. So yeah, that's our, that's our big uh, giving project and for us there's a lot of life and joy in that and Mm so for managing your personal finances besides the responsibility there's a ton of joy that can be found in giving Mm -hmm. absolutely so let's segue into financial goals that's I mean you just named one is there any other goals you have in the future financially or like short term Uh, I I guess yeah yeah yeah, our, our big one this year is our, our goal, and we mentioned this in the last episode, we want to be 100% debt-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's another difference. I'm I'm a pastor, and so I get a parsonage. I don't have to worry about home payments. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's something down the road we may worry about, so I, that's the luxury that I have. Uh, we want to be 100% debt-free. Um, we There's, uh, if COVID will slow down, we, there's a trip we want to uh, take when we get debt-free just to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um but besides that, I mean, you know, it's, it's, we're going to, we have not been paying much into our retirement. So we're going to ramp up our retirement savings. Um, we are going to start our kids' college fund. Um, and, and part of that is we just didn't have the money. And then we were trying to put all the extra money on debt. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do it in an orderly way so that we can ramp up kids' college um, and get that hopefully paid for. I don't want my kids, part of the reason that I went into debt in young adulthood is I didn't have, I, was, I, I didn't, my mom wasn't able to give me much for, I had to pay for college myself, take out loans, live on my own, work yeah. and hustle and all that stuff. So I don't want my kids to have to work as hard during college as I did. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, do that. And then, um, you know, different people like different things. I like the stock market better than uh, real estate. I love real estate, but I don't understand it as much. Mm-hmm. And so um, eventually to just invest well. So that we can we can retire whenever we want, um, and and pretty much do what we want within reason in retirement. Nice, yeah. Our short term goal is real estate. <laughs> On the flip side of that, uh, yeah. we are we've been in the process of looking for a rental property in Savannah, but um, with the market right now, it's you know very difficult. We've had some offers that are above asking price and not being taken. So um, we're patiently sitting and waiting for our perfect um, first rental property, but our Mm -hmm. families are in like real estate investment, both Thomas's family and mine have properties and that's how they've built long-term wealth. And so that's what Thomas and I are interested in doing as well on our own. So real estate is an immediate 
um, priority, I guess, or goal for us. And then we're kind of just sitting and waiting. I know that's like not COVID's really shooken things up. And there are also things in our life that are just a lot of unknowns. And so we're just kind of sitting for a little bit and seeing what we do. We worked, like I said before, we worked so hard last year. It paid off. It was wonderful, but we want to relax a little bit this year. And so if that means not making as much money, we're okay with that. So we're just going to see how things shake out in 2021. So no, no immediate goals other than we do want a property. So we do want to invest somewhere that does have a return and we don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but we're also just going to hopefully enjoy life a little bit more this year. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think uh, to, to oh, sort of encapsulate real quick. So in vacation, Thomas gifted me this amazing vacation to Park City, Utah for Christmas and with flights. And I mean, we were we like staying at like luxury places like we go to all inclusive resorts and we really like the luxury life, you know, a Westin versus a Hampton Inn if we're going on a vacation. Well, so we were going to go to Park City and then I've been thinking about it more and we rebooked that. And so we're going to Hilton Head now for a week. My whole thing is I just don't want to work for a few days. And so we're coming closer to home. We don't have to fly on an airplane. We are staying at a Hampton Inn for a cup for the first half of the week. And the second half of the week, we're going to stay at a West End, but it reduced the cost by like a quarter of what it would be. And there are just other things I want to spend the money on. So that was kind of a decision we made is we'd rather have a vacation lower end, but use the extra money for other things that we have our goal sites on this year. So, yeah. So I think to sort of encapsulate everything that we've said here, the key to to personal uh, financial health, know what you have, pay attention to what you have. Don't overspend you know, more than what you have and, and be at peace with what you have. Mm-hmm. And if you can do all of those things, you can live a very fulfilling life. Um, th- I mean, that's happy. You can do nice things, you mm-hmm. know, because you've, you've made other good decisions along the way. Uh, but probably most important, you know, like we said at the very beginning, you can't just pretend like issues are not there. You can't pretend yeah. like financial health is going to take care of itself. Like any other kind of health, you got to put work into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really great. Great messaging. Ben. And I love talking personal finances. So if anyone wants wants to reach out on social media um, and throw around some ideas or comments that you have, we are more than happy to hear it. And yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Leave a review on Apple. That really helps. And you can find us at Faith Revisited on Instagram. Yeah, Faith Revisited and faithrevisitedpodcast.com. Yep. We'll <laughs> That's right. We'll see you next time.